Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of The Dog is Whining. <laughs> Brought to you by Moose. <laughs> Ooh, do we have our first sponsor? Uh, he can hardly pay his bills from me. I don't think he's sponsoring anything. Bummer. But hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Seattle to Unknown. I am Melinda. I'm Sarah, and that obviously was Moose. And I am now a newscaster. <laughs> Breaking news. A dog interrupts a local podcast. More after the break. Ooh, maybe not local, but like world known. World renowned. Too fancy? Internationally renowned. Moose, shut up. <laughs> okay, for every whine or bark or noise, he has to give us five cents. New rule. <laughs> this is how you get sponsors. He's not good for it. You know, it's a good thing you don't have a beagle because he would be, like, legitimately the size of a baby hippo by now. Oh, he really would. He's just not that smart. Because, uh, beagles will eat themselves to death. Not, like, gnaw on a leg till they die, but they will, they will eat until there is no tomorrow. Oh, yeah. I've seen videos and, like, pictures of what beagles will do to a kitchen. There's one where someone had, like, baby-proofed their kitchen to keep the beagle out, and the beagle still, like, tore through the cabinets, just, like, clawed his way right into him. Beagles are legitimately everybody's inner fat kid. Yep. They're so cute, though. There used to be one that lived in a house next to our school, and she'd greet all the kids as they walked by in the morning, and she was so sweet. But I would never get a beagle. No, she was pretty well taken care of i think she was kept outside during the day so she couldn't get into the kitchen cabinet <laughs> mm, smart move humans smart move yeah so do you have an update for us what's going on in melinda's world um i slept stupid and probably have a pinched nerve like on like the back of my skull that made it so i couldn't really turn my neck Ooh, that's not good i've had that i've had that happen once but it only lasted about a day I don't know if I could handle two days. Well, there's still, I don't have full range of motion without it going, ooh, that hurts. And, you know, I have to work during all this, so that's kind of fun. Sounds like felt it. Like a, felt like a broken baby giraffe where I, like, physically have to, like, move myself to look at anybody. Good times. Have you ever seen, like, a giraffe who's been injured while fighting? Because they whip each other with their necks. I saw ooh, one once where it had- not just their necks, they use their horns. <laughs> well, I saw one with a neck that had, like, a distinct kink in it, where it was, like, straight, 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 oh, and we're veering to the right because it had hurt itself. Imagine living with that in a neck that long. Mm-mm, no thank you. Y- yeah, no, I'm I'm right there with it. That's how I feel. <laughs> it's like I felt like I was holding my head, like, to an angle a lot of the day just because it was more comfortable. And I'm like, nope, shouldn't do that. That's going to cause more problems pretty sure it's a pinched nerve and not just like a giant like knot because it's higher up not the muscle like from your shoulder to your neck Mm -hmm. because i'm a doctor Ooh, or do you just play one on tv spoiler alert coming this fall to gray's anatomy is that still going on oh yeah i think they're on like season 18 shit yeah i have a i have a small cameo in episode three i'm the broken giraffe in the background (laughs) They go to the zoo and the vet isn't there, but there's a giraffe-related emergency, so the doctors rush in to attend to the poor giraffe. Spoiler alerts! It gets really weird this season. <laughs> it's a uh, I mean, kooky COVID. I think it's always been a little weird. Probably. What's your update? Hopefully, a little bit happier than mine. Uh, my update is I don't really have an update. Like. Life is very, very boring when you live the life of a recluse. A recluse? Or a recluse. That's like the niche and niche. Yeah, it's the same thing. One Um, sounds more pretentious than the other. I don't know which one of those sounds more pretentious. (laughs) It's just how you say things in general. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, but we can do an update on my corona tracking. Can I have a drum roll, please? Let's see I if I've been exposed. Say, I thought you were going to say Corona kittens. <laughs> My Corona kittens. You have Corona um, kittens. You got kittens during Corona. Not that you had it, but during the pandemic of. Um, that would be 10 cents, sir. 
20 you know he's gonna be even more in debt is this this is like his equivalent of you ruining pictures and owing a dollar to your mother (laughs) i think he's probably frustrated because the cats are getting into something he's such a tattletale like the cats do anything and he comes running i'm sorry they're the corona sister kittens Mm -hmm. or the corona kitten sisters yeah well the corona kitten sisters love sitting on top of the kitchen counter and so they'll jump up there and next thing i know moose will be by my side just howling what is it show me and then he runs into the kitchen and i follow him and the cats are on the counter getting into something last time it was a bag of sugar one of them Mm. had just like gone full scarface cocaine pile and shoved her head in there as one should when (laughs) you know getting into um illegal sugars illegal sugars uh yeah maybe that's my update the cats are insane so cute but insane corona kittens yeah but i checked the corona contact tracing and i still have no exposure so not to brag or anything but like i'm pretty clean i mean personally i'm a clean person i love washing my hands but i would not want to know what that would say about me and having to go to work still yeah it'll probably tell me that i'm pretty sure you should be dead by now yeah please don't die it's not my goal anytime soon. I mean, it's inevitable. <laughs> That's what you think. I am going to live forever. I'm going to get frozen and put next to Walt Disney. You're not Paul Rudd. Stop it. <laughs> I didn't say I'd look uh, youthful forever. Just that oh, I would live it's forever. Gonna, <laughs> it's going to be a little uh, Death Becomes Her where you're like s- constantly putting yourself back together. Exactly. God, I love that movie. Uh, News? uh cocktails yeah i don't think we have a news story i know i sent you one but that was a while ago and i don't remember what it was so there's no news (laughs) no news is good news um yes cocktails i have already started drinking this because i was thirsty i have a refreshing drink uh it literally says that on the label what is it refreshing drink it is apple it is apple rhubarb like store brand soda apple rhubarb yep okay germany what's up it's okay i mean it's like uh you know how store brand sodas are like the clear kind the ones that aren't like super duper flavored they're just like i don't know how to describe it it's it's fine but it's not like jones soda where it's super super flavored and sugary it's more like the clear soda that's because the clearly sh- sodas are sugar-free and they just have the fake stuff. Yeah, this is not sugar-free, though. But sugar is not the first ingredient. First is water, then apple juice. I was going to say, and then sugar? <laughs> and then sugar. Well, you have to have the water first. How else are you going to dissolve the sugar? Right. No, I know. But normally it's like water, sugar, pear juice, and then all the way at the bottom, the actual juice that they say is on the label. Why is it always pear? But anyway, yep, that's my drink. It's fine. Eh. It was at the store and I was like, rhubarb? Okay, fine, I gotta try that. What you got? I have coffee. Ooh. Is it exciting coffee? It's from Trader Joe's. So it is exciting coffee. Uh, I guess. (laughs) I don't know. There needs to be a Trader Joe's closer to me because it's like an adventure to go out there and then you need to like buy duplicates of things because who knows when you're going to make the effort to go back. Mm Mm-hmm. Pro tip, next time you go to Trader Joe's, get the Chili Verde Frozen Burritos. Mm, mac and cheese bites. Also good, but like, there aren't better frozen burritos than those. Yeah, they're not that great. So, uh, that was our drink. Then next, is there anything else you wanted to throw in before we dive into our topic for this week? I got nothing. Okay, so this week we are going to be talking about... Uh, movies that are sort of things you can escape into with all that's going on right now. It's nice to have a little, like, entertainment that's not super heavy, but still enjoyable and kind of, like, maybe travel I don't know what you about. Tiger King was a gem. <laughs> this is true. Somehow that manages to both be escapism, but also horrifying. I still can't believe they put Carol Baskins on Dancing with the Stars. You know, I was trying to watch that because I wanted to watch her awkwardly dance, but, like, 
I gave up. It was taking too long. I just watched her dance segment and only like the first half of it. It was so uncomfortable because she's so, so awkward. Like, she started out her dance going, hey, all you cool cats and kittens. And she was dressed in all tiger print and wearing a flower crown. She Carol Baskins. That's her normal outfit. She provided her own costumes (laughs) for this. Oh, it was just so upsetting. I'm watching this like, it's like watching a talent show and the one weird kid that nobody likes gets up to perform, but they're super confident. And you're like, oh, you, you should not be quite so confident. This is very hard to watch. Yeah, but, you know, good for them going up doing what they love. Yeah, except... except I want to watch her get busted, like, mid-dance routine <laughs> by the feds. Well, I mean, except the difference is, is that the awkward kid in elementary school or junior high or whatever probably didn't kill anybody, whereas she very well may have. So it, there's not so much good no, for no. them. I'm pretty sure we're all pretty sure she did. <laughs> well, and did you see that her ex-husbands or her deceased husbands or missing husbands family took out an ad during the show no i didn't get that far in well it It was was in the news it was too dumb they took out an ad slot asking for information that would convict carol baskins for their family members murder that's because haven't they decided that the will was altered i don't think anything's official it's all being reinvestigated as it should yeah probably too bad you can't pump a tiger's stomach 20 years later. Yeah, that'd be real hard. Probably not super fruitful. But anyway, on to the topic of escapist movies. Basically, these are just enjoyable movies that you can relax to. Um, I was looking mostly at movies that are related to travel. Um, I think Melinda took a different angle on it. So you're going to get a variety of stuff to binge while you're bored and stuck at home. I don't know what you're talking about. Mine are like... um like the AFI classics list. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're, they're classics that everybody knows and loves, and they're heartwarming. <laughs> A lot of them are probably not um, necessarily family appropriate. Yeah. Who cares? Kids like, need to learn eventually. One of, them? <laughs> one, of, one of them? What are the ratings on these? Speaking about ratings, 10-year-olds should not watch Jurassic Park. It's still terrifying. They will not, have nightmares. I was not allowed to watch Jurassic Park, so I watched it for the very first time, like, three weeks ago. Seriously? hmm Wow. I was told it was far too scary, and so I built it up in my head that it was, like, a really, really terrifying movie. Oh, no. When you're 10, it's terrifying, because you're <laughs> the same age as the kids. I'm going to well, get eaten by raptors. This is a real fear in I my life. I saw the third one like, without my parents' permission. And then I just never got around to backtracking and seeing the first two. So I watched one, two, and three all in the last month. Did you know that there's now an animated Jurassic Park series on Netflix? Oh, yeah. We started watching that last night. Is <laughs> it good? Because Mike has been on um, a Jurassic Park binge. It's cute. It's, I don't know. It's enjoyable. Maybe that should be the TV show listing for uh, Escapist. <laughs> I have a PG-13 movie, not P- uh, um, a PG movie on my list. Oh, good. Because so, it's from 1962, so what do they know? <laughs> yeah, I don't know that it those ratings are transferable to modern day. Two of them are PG, but one's from 1960s and the other one's from the 70s. <laughs> So you be the judge if children should watch it. But don't let your 10-year-old watch the original Jurassic Park. Which is not on this 10 list. 10 and 13 are different. <laughs> should have been. It's not escapist. Like, Jurassic Park movies are probably, like, my equivalent of horror movies to most people. Do you not like horror movies? No, I love horror movies, but they're not scary to me. Ah. The Jurassic... Got it. The Jurassic Park movies are scary to me. <laughs> I think that's a funny thing, is I was not allowed to watch anything that could be remotely scary like i wasn't allowed to watch titanic what i did not watch titanic until i was in my 20s because one of the girls in my youth group told my mom that there was a scene where someone's arm gets chopped off with an axe and no i'm pretty sure she uh goes out with both i know it's fine leo got her i know this now but at the time my mom thought that kate winslet's arm gets chopped off 
And so I was not allowed to see it. And I spent most of my youth thinking that, like, there was, like, a bloody massacre of some sort in this movie. I mean, obviously it is a massacre of I sorts. mean, yes and no, but not with an axe. Yeah, exactly. It's all about. <laughs> so when I finally saw it as an adult, I kept, like, I was bracing myself for the scene where she has, like, a brutal amputation. And then when they just, like, chop off her um, handcuffs, I was like, oh, you've got to be shitting me. You've got to be kidding me. I think I saw that probably when I was 13, because I think it was for my sister's birthday. I don't know, something about Jurassic Park, and I was not ready for that at 10, (laughs) because the kids were my age. (laughs) It's like, oh, shit. Yeah. I was not mature enough for that. That That was a life mistake, but... The one thing I really liked about the second movie is that the girl who plays Jeff Goldblum's daughter, she is also... That's the third one. No, the third one is the one with some bratty little boy. His daughter's in the second one. I don't know. Those aren't that good. But the girl who plays his daughter also plays the best friend from A Little Princess. And she plays Janine or Jeannie. Janine, I think, from Harriet the Spy. This girl basically played all of the best characters of the 90s. It was very exciting. Yeah, I watched Harriet the Spy, but not the other one. I definitely saw Harriet the Spy, too. And then on the car ride home from seeing Harriet the Spy, my mom, who apparently didn't get a clue from the title, spent the rest of the car ride home telling me about how inappropriate it is to spy on people. Oh, that movie was just horrible. It's so inappropriate to encourage children to spy on people. She peeked in someone's window and there was a, there was a bathtub. What if the man had been naked and taking a bath? It's like, uh, I, I don't think it's that deep, sis. It's, it's Harriet the Spy. (laughs) although to be fair after that i spent a lot of time hiding in a bush in our front yard with a notepad trying to spy on people and then i realized nobody walks by our house it wasn't that interesting you are no michelle trackenberg this is true anyway do you want to start us off with one of your suggested movies speaking about paul rudd earlier (laughs) uh clueless that movie is such a gem and, like, every time I watch it, it's like, oh, yeah, Paul Rudd's in this. <laughs> Paul Rudd's in everything somehow. Kind of, but he still looks the same, and it's amazing. He does not age. No, he really doesn't. No. Who does not love a good 90s movie? I don't know. There's something about the movies that were made in the 90s that are just a different sort of classic on their own. <laughs> it's so good. Popular girls in Beverly Hills High School... Or whatever it was called. Brittany Murphy was in it. This is true. Good times. Who else? That one. Brecken Meyer. Whatever happened to that guy? Rat race and that's been it. He used to be in everything too. I don't even know who that is. Ah, he played Travis, little skater stoner boy. So, um, here's the thing. I've You've never, never seen, watched Clueless? Never seen it. Oh my gosh. It's so good. I can't re- It's supposed to be a take on something, a play or something. And I can't remember what it was. Yes, I should look that I up. knew that. Based on an adaptation of Emma from Jane Austen. Yeah, I knew that. I was just loosely too busy googling who Breckenmeyer is. I recognize that face. Couldn't tell you what he's in, but I yeah! recognize him. But I love that movie. I love that movie when I first saw it as a kid. Literally, the only thing I know about that movie is that there's a scene where there's a debate. And Cher keeps talking about the Haitians. And because the actress, Alicia Silverstone, didn't know how to pronounce Haitians. And it works, though, because she is clueless. Right. And the producer, someone on set, was about to rush up and tell her how to actually pronounce Haitian. And the, the director was like, no, 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 no. We just roll. This is gold. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, like, the whole end of the speech, like, kind of ends with her saying that the Statue of Louis Routine does not have RSVP on it. Right, yeah, I've seen the scene. The only part yeah. I've seen. So it, oh, I highly recommend. It's just, it's good times. It's cute. It's very 90s with all the as-ifs and plaid miniskirts and platform shoes. I think. Then it became a TV show. I watched some of the TV show, never saw the movie. And by the time, like, I was old enough where I was like actively seeking out movies for myself to watch instead of like my parents being like, hey, we picked up something at Blockbuster. Oh God, how long ago was that? Um, Were you not allowed to go and pick out movies? 
I didn't really ever get the chance to pick out my own movies. Like, my sister was actively involved in all of that. When you've got an older sibling with better taste. older sister. Yeah, exactly. Oh, wait, can you say that one more time, please? Uh, yeah, a 17-year-old has better taste than a 7-year-old by default. (laughs) No, 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 say say that first thing one more time. I'm going to save that for her. (laughs) (laughs) I'm deleting this episode. It never happened. Oh, no. It's happening. Yeah, so by the... Go watch Clueless. It's fantastic. Like, I moved out moved to California and then I was surrounded by actual people from Beverly Hills and I didn't find that shit funny anymore. Humble brag? I didn't live in Beverly Hills. I just worked with the people who grew up there. <laughs> I lived in Van with their Nuys. Platinum. They're platinum <laughs> fire hydrants. Oh gosh. So I was listening to a podcast this weekend and the interviewer was talking to someone and that person says, "Yeah, I mean, life really sucks. I live in Van Nuys now." And the host goes, oh, um, I've heard of Van Nuys, but I'm not really familiar with it. Is it nice? And the guy being interviewed goes, are you kidding me? No. (laughs) And meanwhile, I'm listening to it. Before he can even get the sentence out, I was like, no, Van Nuys, nice? No, 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 (laughs) no. That's why they let you in, Sarah. Exactly. I fit right in. That, you know, shabby, homeless chic. Exactly. So, anyway. Anything else you wanted to say about Clueless? Why is it escapism for you? It's just a good times movie. I don't know. I don't know. It's just good shit. Go watch it. I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix still. Okay, then. What's your first movie? Maybe. Oh, fuck off. Seriously, Moose? My first movie is a little flick you may have heard of. I mean, if you're cool. If you don't sing the title, podcast over. Can you sing the title? Is it in a song? Don't they kind of, like, sing the name? I I don't know the lyrics of the songs well enough to be able to do that. But I can say... Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And this movie is... Is Moana. I know I brought it up before. I'm not a huge Disney movie fan. It's just not my jam. But I really, really liked Moana. It's It's about a badass little girl who decides... I'm going on an adventure, and that's always fun. But isn't she going on an adventure to save her people? Uh, she wants to see what's on the other side of the water. That that too. <laughs> I haven't actually finished watching it. It's not that it's a bad movie. It's just I kept falling asleep. <laughs> Welcome to being old. But it it's good stuff. Yeah, it's so cute. And it's just about a girl who wants more than just her shores. She wants to see what's on other shores classic disney well i mean i think classic disney is princess waits for prince no they're changing it up with uh frozen and whatnot that's not classic disney discuss that they're all classic disney once they come out (laughs) it's disney um also Dwayne the rock johnson's in it yeah the rock is really good in it it also has jermaine clement from flight of the concords in it and he's really good it's just fun and it's nice oh and i have a cat next to me and on me. So it's especially good if you want to, you know, instill sort of a love of adventure in little kids or older kids or adults. And sing alongs. And sing alongs. What's your next movie? Speaking about sing alongs, it's School of Rock. You didn't watch that either, did you? No, I have seen that one. It's so good. Who doesn't <laughs> love Jack Black being goofy Jack Black and singing made up songs about math? As you do. Jack Black is just generally delightful. He really is. Um, School of Rock is just a fun family movie. Mm-hmm. I think it might be PG-13. Mm-hmm. Older kid. Well, it's not that bad. Honestly, I can't remember anything about it that was bad, but I also haven't seen it in several years. I can't remember anything that's bad about it, but I'm not <laughs> or, watching for that. Or rather, not bad, but like less than child appropriate. Young child appropriate. <laughs> I think he's I in his underwear a few times. Oh, that could do it. I just tried to pull up his um, filmography, but I accidentally clicked on the Wikipedia link. I swear to God, this is the first sentence of his personal life section on Wikipedia. At the age of 14, Black struggled with an addiction to cocaine. Huh. I would not have guessed that. Was he friends with Drew Barrymore? Could be. 
Wasn't she a coke addict at like seven? Yeah, that sounds about right. She whatever ET age. She has, but you know, she's turned it around and good for her. And now she has a talk show where she screams a lot. Isn't that what you do on talk shows? I mean, if we go by the Oprah method, then yes. You're all getting bees! That hurt my neck. Don't do that. <laughs> uh, no, School of Rock is just a good time movie about a rocker who ends up becoming a substitute teacher and teaching kids the joys of music. Joan Cusack's in it and Sarah Silverman's in it as well. Oh, along with the guy that was in Rent. He played Roger. Really? I don't think I, I would have been able to identify him something. as a kid. He's not a kid. He's an adult. No, I'm saying when I was a kid, I would not have picked him out as the guy from Rent. But yes, now if I watched it, I would know one, he is not a kid. And two, that he's the guy from Rent. School of Rock came out in 2003. That is still underage. I was, in fact, a Rent minor. Rent was 2005. Mm, that, that's like late teenager, though. Yeah, but I didn't see Rent the movie until I was like a senior in high school. And I definitely didn't see the play while it was on Broadway because then I was very much a kid. But still, I can't add them something. I should have looked it up while I had my phone out. But yeah, nope, it's good times. Um, teaching kids conf- self-confidence and being cool of who they are from someone who's being an imposter. It's got a good line, like lots of good quotable lines in it. It's Adam Pascal. There we go. And then who played Summer? She was on like Disney Channel things. Miranda Cosgrove, I think. Yeah, sure. Um, it's interesting that you put School of Rock on your list because I have watched a bunch of Jack Black movies this year. Like Jumanji, Lex- Next Level? I watched both Jumanjis. I watched The House with a Clock in the Wall. And I watched both Goosebumps movies. Netflix- Haven't watched the later ones. Netflix just keeps you suggesting them. So I just keep watching them. Like, oh, okay, Jack Black, why not? Can't be bad. Yeah, I think he's he's one of those actors that you kind of forget about, and then you watch a movie with him in it, and it's really good. He's rather versatile from being, like, the goofy guy in School of Rock to more serious in, like, King Kong. Mm-hmm. I've seen that one. It's not a bad time. Him playing a, like, spoiled little white girl is also very delightful. <laughs> he has a really funny uh, cameo in the movie Walk Hard, where he plays Paul McCartney huh yeah weird it's pretty good but yeah school of rock highly recommend good songs it it has a lot of like good classic rock in the backgrounds Mm -hmm. good music so then for my next movie i swear not all of these will be kid movies just you know some of them um i recommend mr bean's holiday because mr bean is fun for all ages and all languages because he doesn't really talk <laughs> it's one of those movies that just has international appeal. yeah exactly anybody can understand it while watching it because it's just a grown man being a huge doofus nothing serious i love that in love actually he's still very mis- like professional mr bean <laughs> in that movie <laughs> it's so good yeah and actually i don't remember if it's mr bean's holiday or I think it might be. In one of the Mr. Bean movies, it is Sandra O's oh's very first role. And it's so funny to see, like, Sandra Bean... Or, Sandra Bean. <laughs> That's the next movie where she gets married to Mr. Bean. Sandra O, oh, who's a very well-rounded comedic actress, but is known for drama, playing against... Grey's Anatomy. Mr. Bean. We became BFFs on set. Mm-hmm. She's operating yeah. on You the Giraffe. The broke neck giraffe. And granted, she hasn't been on the show in like 10 years, but sure. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) I don't watch it, so. All right, all right. I wasn't on the next season of Grey's Anatomy. But you could be. We should start a campaign. Hashtag get Melinda on Grey's. Hashtag Grey's giraffe. I'm just pushing. (laughs) No. (laughs) That's terrible. Tell me more about Mr. Bean. It's just, it's lighthearted, it's silly, it's something that's fun to watch when you're having a bad day. Like, when you need to shut your brain off and watch someone just being joyfully silly, it's nice. Like, sometimes you just... That's like my first two movie picks right there. (laughs) Well, like, to contrast it, I watched all of season three of Killing Eve, another Sandra O vehicle. And it's incredible. It's I love that show. It's really, really well done. But it's heavy. Like, you can't see so many murders when you're having a really stressful time. 
sometimes you need to just see a man being a doofus. I might be doing life wrong. <laughs> I just bought, like, <laughs> a true crime book and one about um, hauntings in the U.S. <laughs> well, I think there's a world of difference between reading something and seeing it acted out. And then I'm watching I'll Be Gone in the Dark and... <laughs> The vow and... Well, you know what? Sometimes you need a palate cleanser between those things. I highly recommend watching Love on the Spectrum. It's very cute and educational. Well, see, there you go. I personally lean towards doofuses. Hence, you and Moose. Yes, he is thankfully now asleep, but he is in fact a huge doofus. He freaked out today because while the cats were playing, Ellie's ear got flipped inside out and he just full-on panicked as if she had lost her ear because it's terrifying looking have you ever seen a flipped cat ear (laughs) it's gross yeah well he licked it and then it flopped back out and then for like the next half hour he kept checking in with her he's a big old doofus and i love him hey buddy you got your ear still (laughs) it's like got your nose but he's the one getting it and he doesn't realize he's even playing a game Anyway, what's next on your list? Well, if you're wanting a Wes Anderson all-star cast movie... Isn't that all of them? I'm a big fan of the... (laughs) (coughs) Yeah, but this one is, like, especially good. It's the Darjeeling Limited. Go on. Tell me more. Uh, what? We got Owen Wilson. Supposed to say wow. Wow. I can't do it. Wow. Uh, Adrian Brody's in it. Um, Jason Schwartzman? Mm Mm-hmm. Angelica Houston's in it as like your major main characters, but it's about three brothers like dealing with the grief of their father's death and they're going off to India on the train, the Darjeeling Limited, and they're trying to find their mother that they haven't seen in ages. And I guess it's just them dealing with life and being family and doing a lot of drugs. As you do. Yeah. And, you know, sharing your father's things. Like glasses that you shouldn't be wearing. Of course, a universal. It's a spiritual thing. journey. <laughs> it's a spiritual journey. I don't know. I'm a big fan of Wes Anderson movies. I know you are. They're visually beautiful and interesting and quirky. There is a video going around for a while of how Wes Anderson characters would be handling um, COVID. Oh, I need to see this. I'll see if I can find it. It's just one woman acting it out, or what. What would COVID look like if directed by Wes Anderson? It's pretty funny. I'm very intrigued. Yeah, I don't know. This is probably one. I like the Grand Budapest Hotel, too. Mm -hmm. I don't know. They're like oddball snippets of life that's really out there. I don't know. Just very visually stunning. They're good. I don't know. They're completely different on their own and quirky. Let's get tracksuits. No. (laughs) (laughs) No, thank you. I'm, I'm good without them. All right, fine. If you want something animated, there's also the Fantastic Mr. Fox. I've seen that. Actually, I've seen all of the movies you've just listed as Wes Anderson movies. (laughs) I don't know. They're just good. This one's probably one of my favorites. I like the cast. It's got a good soundtrack. It's one of my favorite things is when a movie also has a really good soundtrack to go with Mm -hmm. it. They've got some good shit. Oh, and then... I don't know if you're probably finding it on a streaming thing versus if you own a copy, like a hard copy of the movie, there's like a little short that you can watch that helps expand one of the stories of the brothers I and Natalie Portman's in it. I think that was, I've seen that, but I don't own a copy of it. I think it might be on YouTube. Well, probably, but I'd, if you watched it on like Netflix or Hulu, you probably won't have right. that. And it's kind of sad they took it out, but again, it doesn't have a place. So I get it. But it adds more context to the story of one of the brothers. Um, and Natalie Portman. And Natalie Portman. Well, speaking of good soundtracks, uh, another movie, particularly if you're looking for something travel is The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Have you seen that one? I have, because what's his face? <laughs> is that what we're going to leave it at? <laughs> I'm, I am not doing good with names. I have a headache. Oh, I thought you were going to say you had to see it because an ex-boyfriend wanted to see it or something. Ben Stiller, your ex-boyfriend, famously Ben Stiller. Hey, Sarah, I told you we don't talk about that anymore. (laughs) Oh, Siri wanted to get in on this too, apparently. (laughs) Steve Carell. Not in it. Right? No, that's not Steve Carell in that one, is it? Ben Stiller? Yeah. Ben Stiller's Walter Mitty. 
I don't know. Ben Stiller is also another one of those good actors that's kind of in a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. And it's not all him being Zoolander. Although Zoolander is pretty entertaining. I love me some Zoolander. <laughs> also, good soundtrack, David Bowie, Owen Wilson. Mm-hmm. Wait, is Natalie Portman in there too? No, Winona Ryder is. Huh? Winona Ryder is in that movie. No, she isn't. Yeah, he's talking to her in a party. In Walter Mitty? No, no, no. Zoolander. I was going to say, Owen Wilson isn't in this either. Are you stroking out? (laughs) You're just throwing names out there. No, you know, instead of Walter Mitty, you should have done Zoolander, because David Bowie. Uh, There's actually a great deal of David Bowie in Walter Mitty, too. Not him, but his music. Is there really? Yeah. Yes. Okay, yeah. But David Bowie is actually in Zoolander as a cameo. This is true. Um, But... So if you're unfamiliar with Walter Mitty, it's a story of a guy who works for Life magazine, who's just very straight laced and he doesn't travel. He doesn't really experience anything. And one day he has to go on an adventure to track down a photo that they need for the magazine for the final issue. It's the image that will be on the cover. He has no idea what it is, but he has to go get it by tracking down the photographer. But this photographer is like this world traveling jet setter who's never in one place for long. So this, like, cubicle-dwelling, like, white bread, never-been-anywhere guy suddenly has to go on an adventure around the world to find the photographer. And it's really fun. And the soundtrack is really good. It's like, um, Along Came Polly meets Lord of the Rings. Exactly. Except instead of throwing a (laughs) ring in a mountain, volcano, lava, whatever, he has to, uh, find a photo negative, which is slightly less enthralling because... Like, the negative isn't evil. They're not destroying evil. They're just finding a good picture. (laughs) They're saving humanity with a good picture. Exactly. But Kristen Wiig is in it. Um, Adam Scott is in it. It's fun. Like, it's a pretty chill, low stakes, relaxing watch. But you get to see lots of parts of the world that are kind of cool to see. And Ben Stiller. And Ben Stiller. And Sean Penn, which is real weird. But anyway. (laughs) Speaking about a Sean, let's talk about Sean Connery. <laughs> Please don't make me do my Sean Connery. It's very, very bad. Isn't that the point of doing a Sean Connery? <laughs> I don't think there is a good Sean Connery. I feel like even his own accent, like, it's just becoming a caricature of itself over time. Perfect. Let's talk about this because my pick is Dr. No, which is the very first James Bond movie, which James Bond is an English spy, and Sean Connery is very much Scottish. Scottish, you say? Yes. So in Dr. No, I feel like he actually does try and do an English accent. And then after, I don't know, a couple movies of being Mon, he says, fuck it, I'm Sean Connery. (laughs) But yeah, it's good stuff. Um, Who doesn't love a good Bond movie, let alone the very first one, and with a young, dashing Sean Connery in it? Scenery is beautiful. It makes you want to go to all the different places and be a spy. But not like Harriet. Mm. The one that shoots people. But he's saving the world. It's for Queen and Crown Country. Sorry. Some of those. I don't know what the saying actually is, apparently. I think it's for Crown and Country. But it could ah, be Queen damn and it. Country. Crown and Crunchy. <laughs> Crown and Country <laughs> sounds a bit more right, but it also sounds like a magazine. It couldn't be Queen and Crown because those are synonymous. Yeah, I'm like, that's the same thing. <laughs> it's for me Queen and, and Country. Yes, the royal I and the royal me. No, I love James Bond movies. They're just good times, good scenery, but Dr. Knows the first, it's the classic. I have the book, Sean Connery. Um, so I was listening to a podcast recently where they were talking about how the his code 007 may have been inspired by the 007 bus that went past where um, Ian Fleming used to work. And so in the anniversary of this bus route they did a whole campaign about how come ride the 007 well it turns out that the 007 line was started like eight years after the first book came out and (laughs) and so the bus line had a little bit of egg on their face but then they were like um just ride the 007 anyway to like say that you wrote the 007 let's not look too deep into the history whatever it's a great spy name spy code this is true but yeah even if you don't want to watch a sean connery one there's other bonds choose your favorite 
They're good action movies with great locations. Good opening credits with famous songs. I'm just going to nod and smile. You know why? Because you have no idea. Never seen a James Bond movie. They're good. I believe it. They're good action movies. They're badass. I know an odd amount about James Bond, considering I've never seen one of the movies or read any of the books, but I feel like it's one of those franchises where it's so pervasive in the cultural zeitgeist that you don't have to see them to know a lot about them. That's not to say that you shouldn't see them, but that... They've got, like, great, terrible puns, especially, like, the early ones from, like, the 70s and whatnot. Like Pussy Galore? (laughs) so bad, it's good. Yeah. (laughs) You know, when you name a, uh, a character Christmas Jones, and then you have, oh, that was from the 90s. I think that was um, Pierce Brosnan of, I thought Christmas only comes once a year. And you're like, oh, dirty Bond. <laughs> They're so good. I don't know. Except if there's a few that we don't talk about. Okay. Bad Bonds. I think they only did like a couple movies and one movie. We don't talk about them. They're boring. Okay. I'm just nodding and smiling. I once had a conversation with an ex-boyfriend about Bond, and I somehow managed to hold my own in the conversation for like a good 30 minutes before he realized I had no idea what I was talking about. Roger Moore was a good Bond, but he stayed on too long, and then it got creepy. I think what did me in was when I made a reference to Pierce Brosnan and a drive-by, God, what was it, citrusing? It was a drive-by fruiting. Yep. And he goes, that, that's, that's, um... That's Mrs. That's Doubtfire. Mrs. Doubtfire. I was like, shit, I was doing so well. That was before, it was before he was Bond. Was it really before? I'm pretty sure. Mrs. Let's see. IMDB is my best friend today. Mrs. Doubtfire was 1993. I forget that he's in Mamma Mia, and then I'm like, no, <laughs> you're Bond. Um, Oh, shit, is he in the Eurovision movie? <laughs> I think 95 is his first. Did you find it? What's his first Bond movie? 1995, GoldenEye. Yeah, so that was after 1993 is Mrs. Doubtfire. Boom. Which is weird because although I've never seen uh, GoldenEye, I think of him as being much That's older in Mrs. Doubtfire because he plays like a like a dad figure. It seems like a role that you would take on later in your career. One does not go from Mrs. Doubtfire <laughs> to James Bond. From a drive-by fruiting <laughs> to a drive-by shooting. I'm telling you, the 90s had some really good movies. <laughs> okay. So, my next movie, slightly less escapism, much more travely, and that is Up in the Air, which I know I've talked about before because I love that movie. Which is Anna Kendrick and George Clooney? Yep. I think I've seen it once. George Clooney plays a guy whose job is to go around and assist companies with doing layoffs. So he flies around a ton. He's got hundreds of thousands of frequent flyer miles. And he has his travel routine down to, like, he's got it. A shyance. Yeah, it's a, it's a shyance, if you will. So there, and honestly, the plot of the movie is nice. It's like him getting used to the fact that his company is actually going to try and switch to doing things online so he's no longer going to need to travel anymore and it's sort of a crisis of conscience not conscious but like a midlife crisis i suppose where he's trying to deal with the fact that this aspect of his job that he loves may be going away because anna kendrick that you like the new young upstart is trying to convert them to an online business so he doesn't understand her she doesn't understand him hijinks ensue but Ah. But there are some absolutely mesmerizing scenes where he's packing. And as someone who loves that aspect of travel, like the planning, the packing, having your set routine that works really well for you and finding out what that is, watching him pack it's so neatly, it's just so mesmerizing. <laughs> it's, I don't, would it count as ASMR? It almost is because there's, I, I don't know, like just watching it. If it doesn't count as ASMR, it counts as one of those so satisfying videos, you know, where they're, like, cutting kinetic sand. Yeah. (laughs) Or, like, smashing up makeup and, like... Mm -hmm. Just watching someone pack so there's not a single thing out of place. It's just, oh, so nice. There's a really great scene where he's taking Anna Kendrick through security, and she's got an overpacked bag. She's got pillows hanging off of stuff. Like, she's just kind of a mess. 
you know, your first trip. She's the you, the new traveler. Yeah, it's your first trip and you don't know what you're doing yet. Whereas he's the person who's been on every trip imaginable. And like, he doesn't waste a single second going through security. The shoes come off as he's flipping his bag onto the carousel. He's like, it's just, it's like a choreographed routine. And it's just so satisfying watching it. Although admittedly, he says some weirdly, weirdly racist stuff about going through security and what ethnicities you should stand behind in line in order to be quick through security. So that part makes me go, mm, that's dodgy. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's, it's a little George Clooney-ish, maybe? <laughs> but like... Saying some questionable things. But just generally, if you enjoy travel, watching it is really satisfying. I know I've said satisfying 400 times, but it is. Trust me. It's like being in the airport with them, with those wide shots of the windows, looking out at the planes. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's oddly apropos for this time period, because it's about a person who's, for the first time in his life, being grounded. Like, there will be no more travel for the foreseeable future. Ooh. Little on the nose there right yeah, now. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> so it's either going to make you cry, or you're going to love it. You feel his pain. It really comes home at this time we're one in the same <laughs> uh my last movie that i've put on my top five is monty python and the holy grail aka the best movie it is so good if you want to waste an afternoon trying to read like all the small texts in the credits and whatnot because <laughs> it's hilarious and i highly recommend doesn't it talk about a llama once biting biting somebody's sister i don't remember it's been a little while since i've seen this one so good um if you want some like fractured history <laughs> telling might i recommend monty python uh if you're a fan of like their series if you've ever watched the old monty python's flying circus you know that their sketches are just fabulous and kooky and this one has songs in it too as it should and if you get bored just find two coconuts and then you too can have a horse <coughs> Which, that does work. It does. If you're ever curious. I've done it with a coconut bra before. <laughs> I found one. This is why we keep her indoors. I found one in a costume oh, shop. And next no, thing no, no, I knew, no. I was like dancing okay. around with it. I'm like, you can't just start out saying, I found a coconut bra. <laughs> Line by the side of the road. Ugh, don't touch that. It has COVID. <laughs> coconut COVID? Yep. At least it tastes good. It was brought by Swallows. It's just, it's jokes on jokes. It's... It's fun. There's sing-alongs. It just ends abruptly. It's delightful. It's a really good watch for anybody who's into British comedy. Like, if you're into current British comedy, go back and watch. This is their yeah, origins. Exactly. This is the 70s. This is the root of all British comedy right here. Yeah, and there's a reason why Monty Python has stood the test of time is it's just good, funny comedy with a bunch of English weirdos. A lot of weirdos on this list. Different types of weirdos, yeah. but weirdos. It's good stuff. <laughs> See a young John Cleese. Eric Idle. And all the rest of them, which I don't know what they're doing. Oh, I think a couple have died yeah. by now, huh? But still, it's good stuff. All of my list is good stuff. This one, I, I count a lot of comedies on here actually right now. Three. Yeah. Out of five. I also have three out of five. <laughs> but these are just the movies that, I don't know, got introduced to in the 90s or the early 2000s. And it's just, they're good stuff. They're goods to go back to every now and again. Yes. These would also all be really good airplane movies someday when we're allowed on airplanes again. Yeah, just watch a whole bunch of uh, Wes Anderson movies and a whole bunch of Bond movies. All of Monty Python movies and Flying Circus. <laughs> and all of a sudden you're there. Um, oh, but speaking of comedies, for my last movie, I have got the Lumda... The Lumda... The Long... Dumb Road, which is a movie I had not heard of until uh, Netflix suggested it. Uh, so The Long Dumb Road is about a kid who's going off to college, driving himself in his parents' old minivan. The minivan breaks down and some guy helps him like fix the car and says, hey, you know, if you're driving west, is it okay if I go with you part of the way? Which should be a huge red flag but he does it anyway. So um, the 
mechanic who's kind of a drifter is played by Jason Mantzoukas, who you might not know the name of, but you would absolutely know him from many, many, many comedies. He plays... Such as? He plays Derek Pimento on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. He plays... Or no, it's Derek Pimento. Pimento is his last name. Um, He plays Derek on The Good Place. He's like the Janet who's malfunctioning. He is on The League. He's on just tons of stuff. He basically plays every dirtbag right now. His role can, in any given role, in any given project, can be summarized as dirtbag. Super funny. He was Dennis Feinstein in Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec? I mean, let me see. Yeah. Jason Mant. He's also one of the hosts of the podcast, How Did This Get Made? He, Dennis Feinstein's character was like the cologne mole yeah, that was, yeah. yeah. Um, he was in John Wick 3. Yep. Big Mouth. He does one of the voices on Big Mouth. He's been on Drunk History a bunch. He was on Transparent. Kroll Show he was on a lot. But basically, like, he's a pretty regular guest star on every show you like. Uh, But in this movie, it's just him and this kid road tripping from Texas to California. And uh, let's just say his dirtbag tendencies make things real awkward and go south pretty damn fast. So it's just a really fun road trip movie where sort of like in the vein of planes, trains and automobiles, they got to get somewhere, but it's just not going real well. I've never seen that movie. I don't know if it ever got a full release, like a theater release. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles? Oh, I was talking about The Long Dumb Road. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles? Either yes, of them. I, I've seen that one. It's been a while, though. It's a Christmas movie, so I'm kind of out. <sighs> but you know what? Like, the concept of the odd couple road trip movie. Two people trapped in a car who don't get along. Yeah, right. that's what this is. Except normally that person isn't also like an extremely sketchy probably criminal it's fine (laughs) but yeah would recommend super fun i also recommend listening to how did this get made because it's just a good time they recently did an episode of how did this get made about a movie called velocipaster about a pastor who becomes a velociraptor and goes on a killing spree hmm Okay. How did this get made? Is all really, really terrible movies where they just riff on how did the movie get made and just talk about the Who weirdness. This? So yeah, that is my list. Who allowed this? Hopefully, this gives you some things to occupy your time with if you have a lot of free time. Yeah, which a lot of us. It feels like in these current times, you are either one of two things: you are working an absolute ton. Or you have no Me. work whatsoever. Me. Sarah. Yeah, exactly. And so I've been watching a lot of movies. Some of them are not great. Did you know that they make bad movies? I mean, obviously, how did this get made exist? So yes, but wow, there's some real stinkers out there. And a lot of them are Netflix originals. <laughs> this is true. Just kidding. Only some of them are. Some of them are Hallmark. You see, I don't watch Hallmark movies because, again, that goes in the Christmas territory, so it's not my thing. I feel like if you go into it knowing it's a bad movie, that's one thing. Because it's fun to... till you get sucked into it and then it's your new favorite thing. <laughs> it... You and your Christmas prince. Christmas prince. It's so, so bad. So bad. Like, you shouldn't be able to see the seams on the sets. And yet you can sometimes. It's low budget. It's Hallmark. <laughs> They've got 75 other christmas movies that they're making at the same time but when it's when you know that it's going to be bad it's fun when you sit down to watch a movie and you discover it's bad that is less fun but yeah that concludes our list of movies Ooh, i have a tip of the week hopefully you won't think they suck oh what's your tip of my the week? tip of the week is that by the time this episode comes out season two of the haunting of series well, Bly Manor. Yes, this one's Bly Manor. Will be on Netflix. It comes out on October 9th. I'm so excited for this because The Haunting of Hill House was so beautifully done and so good, but I'm worried that this is going to make me cry. 
like the first one that nobody didn't prepare me for. I told you it was they sad. tried. Yeah, but you didn't like. You got to tell me a little bit more than it. Oh, it's sad. I'm I'm ready for sad. I can do sad. I watched Coco. <laughs> But it was like it was like beyond sad. It was tragic. Yeah, it was very tragic. Warning on Haunting of Hill House. It is incredibly emotional. It's it's horror. It's worth getting through yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. But if you want to watch The Haunting of Bly Manor, I really really suggest reading The Turn of the Screw before you do because it's a really short book. You can get through it in one sitting and the Turn of the Screw is part of the basis for The Haunting of Bly Manor. So read it, and then maybe feel somewhat emotionally prepared for what's about to come. Oh, is this one going to get really tragic too? I have a feeling, yes. They released a new trailer today, I'm... and I was like, ooh, oof. So don't watch it as it comes out. <laughs> Wait for everybody else. Oh, so good. It'll So worth it's it. It's Netflix, so it'll be a simultaneous drop of all episodes. Okay, I do want to state that I'm really pissed that I found out that The Vow is, it's going on now on HBO, and I didn't know that. <laughs> I'm like, no, I just want to watch all of it. And then, like, the last episode I had ended, and I'm like, oh, this isn't done. This is happening. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now I have to wait for more episodes. Good luck with that. But yeah, that's my tip. Watch yeah. Bly Manor, because although I haven't seen it, I'm pretty sure it's going to be pretty damn good. I think so, too. I'm ready for it. So I say. <laughs> I'm excited for it coming. <laughs> Me, too. Ugh. We're going to have to watch it and then exchange notes. They, One of the features of The Haunting of Hill House, which is season one, is that there are all of these ghosts hidden in the, in the scenery or, like, various depths of field. So you kind of have to look for them. And they're really creepy. But at no point do any of the characters interact with each other. I mean, with the ghosts, the ghosts are just there, sort of like an Easter egg. What, yeah. Uh, what Mike Flanagan said about this season is that the ghosts are still there, but you will find out why they are there. So the ghosts will have their own story. I mean, they kind of did in the first one. It's just some of them, but some of them are just creepy-looking folks hanging out. Yeah, there was way more than what we talked exactly. about. We only hit on like what four of them. Yeah, about that. But yeah. Everybody get your sweatpants. It's Netflix season. <laughs> Not sponsored. What's up, Netflix? Come talk I to us. I don't think Netflix needs to to advertise. I think they're good. Uh, we could promote, like, a new show that they have coming on. Like, they could pay us for us talking of The Haunting of Bly Manor. That's a thing. Sure. Call us, Netflix. And remember, it's an adventure. So, when things get tough, just put in a movie. Like, be good to yourself. Relax a little bit. Sounds good. Or watch something scary and scare yourself shitless. You do you, babe. Jurassic Park movies. Well, first Jurassic Park, then Jurassic World. The edit of Titanic where she loses an arm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, side project. We're going to act out that scene and have a copy of Titanic where it's going, 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 cuts to our bit, and then continues on. <laughs> do you think we could get Kate Winslet to do it? I feel like she'd be down for some weird internet hijinks. I, I feel like she would be fun on and like, yeah, totally in. Let's do it. Dear Kate, get in touch with us. <laughs> That's our hashtag campaign. Forget about Get Melinda on Grays. Kate Winslet, Titanic 2. <laughs> no, it's like 1.5. <laughs> We're not redoing it. We just have to fix a scene and like the ones going after. Hashtag Titanic director's cut. Now with more cuts. Yes. Get out of here, James Cameron. We got this. I... Okay, bye. <laughs> uh, yeah, bye. Sure. That's one way to end. <laughs> hey, everyone. Thanks again for listening to another episode of Seattle to Unknown. Don't forget to tell your friends about us and subscribe so you never miss a thing. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest under c to unknown That's S-E-A-T-O unknown. Or you can check us out on our website, www.c2unknown.com. Want to know what we do on our off time? You can find both Sarah and I on Twitter and Instagram. Sarah is at S-A-R underscore S, and I'm at Hooligan Monster on both. We would also love to hear from you. Send us an email with your stories and travel tips to c2unknown at gmail.com. Until then, it's an adventure. Bye!